Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of K-Axis Wrestling Network. Today we will be discussing Monday Night Raw, the May 14th, 2018 edition from the O2 Arena in London, England. Okay, so let's get things going here. Alright, so, the opening of the show consisted of Roman Reigns making his entrance. And, you know, he cuts a pretty quick promo. And, you know, shortly after his promo... You know, Kurt Angle makes his entrance, and um, apparently in the UK, uh, they hate Roman Reigns pretty much just as much as the American fans. Um, he's, he got like an extreme series of boos, and you know, it was just insane. You know, like I couldn't believe it. It's like, apparently, this hatred for Roman Reigns is just worldwide, and I just don't understand it. I don't think the guy is that bad. I just don't see... What, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody really has, like, a valid explanation as to why they hate Roman Reigns so much. It's like, how could you possibly hate somebody that much to that extreme, you know, to where it's just worldwide? Like, what did this guy do to you? You know what I'm saying? What did he do to make you hate him so much? Like, like seriously, like, I, I think I'm going to do another, you know, just an episode about this subject alone because it's really, really extreme at this point. Like, what is the reason? Like, why is this man receiving so much hatred among the, you know, the wrestling fans, you know, because nobody else gets this kind of hatred. You know, Brock Lesnar doesn't get this kind of hatred. You know, he's sitting on a title that he barely ever defends. He's a part-timer. He doesn't care about the business. He hates the fans, but Brock Lesnar doesn't even get these kind of boos. And it's like, why does Roman Reigns get these kind of boos? And, you know, why does he get so much hatred? Why does everybody hate Roman Reigns? I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Can somebody please explain this in, in plain English, in a logical fashion, to where it can possibly make sense? Because I do not understand the issue here. Like, what is the deal with this? Why is the crowd still strongly booing Roman Reigns in 2018? Like, this is really, really, really overblown. Like, I don't understand it at all. This is what I'm saying. It's like, it just, it's mind-boggling. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I get the fact, you know, that, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call the fans out on this one, but I'm just saying, like, you know, comment, you know, comment, you know, make a comment. Let me know. Explain something. Give me an answer. I want somebody to answer this because I just, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. No other pro wrestler in the modern day, in the current day of wrestling, you know, the current times of wrestling, no other wrestler receives that kind of hate. Like, it's just unbelievable to me. It's, it's stunning. It's mind-boggling. It's crazy. It's, it's everything that I just cannot understand. So all I'm saying is, like, somebody please explain that to me because I don't get it. Anyway, let's move along. Um, Roman Reigns. Uh, he comes out. He makes his promo. Kurt Angle comes out. All right. And then, um, you know, Kurt Angle pretty much says what he has to say. Um I'm going to make things really general, really simple here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to get right to the point on things because I don't really sweat the small stuff that happens on the show. Um, pretty much uh, Roman Reigns made his way to the back once, you know, he was done, finished his business with Kurt Angle. And, you know, on his way out, the crowd starts singing that goodbye song. You know, you know the song that they sing, the na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye. That's the one they were singing when Roman Reigns was, you know, making his making his exit to the backstage area. You know, just another sign to show how much they hate him. And it's like, I don't know. I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. 
I, I'd really like for somebody to explain this to me in, you know, in plain English to where it makes sense. At least give me reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the reasons for, you know what I'm saying? Like, for hating this guy so much. It's just insane. You know, and like certain points online, you know, there's people like literally wishing death on the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen a post um, on, on one of the wrestling sites, you know, um, they, they were pointing out the fact that it was like a, a year and, you know, it's been a year since his brother had passed away. And, you know, his brother, uh, he, they called him Rosie in WWE. And he was um, he was a partner with a uh, Hurricane Hurricane Helms back when he was with WWE as well, and um, pretty much it's been a year. Like when when it reached the year point, you know Roman Reigns made a tweet. The wrestling forums, you know, posted it, to, you know, posted it up to let it be known. And what they um, what one of the fans had said, you know, this one kind of stuck with me. You know, it was simple, but it was just. It, it just goes to show it's just so vulgar and nasty like just how somebody could even say something like that like this is what this person had posted in the comment section he posted it should have been you roman you know what i'm saying like seriously like people literally want this guy to die like like i don't understand that like how how does a wrestler get you that upset you know like like seriously like if, like if a wrestler gets you that upset to where you want him to die like, I don't think you need to be watching pro wrestling. I really think you need to leave it alone if it's causing mental issues. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, like if it's driving you nuts, if it's driving you to the point that where you feel like, you know, you want to kill somebody or, or, or you feel that a wrestler should be dead, you shouldn't be watching wrestling, plain and simple, because I think that, you know, that's causing serious mental problems to you if, if it's really, really affecting you to that extent. Like, that's just extreme. You know, I mean, anyway, I mean, I don't I don't want to get too far off into something else, but I'm just saying, like, the hatred for Roman Reigns is just unbelievable, man. It's just it blows my mind. It's, it's really, really insane. You know, the insane amount of hatred, you know, for somebody who didn't do anything to you. You know, he didn't do anything to you. He didn't do anything to your family. He's just a wrestler that's trying to get by. You know, he's a family guy. You know, he, he has a family just like you and me. You know, he has people that care about him. He has a wife. He has a daughter. You know what I'm saying? He's a he's a. He tries his best, you know, from what I can see, he tries his best to be a good guy. Like, I don't see what he's done so horribly wrong, you know, to make the world hate his guts. Like, I don't understand this. This is just really crazy. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the point of this show is really, um, this episode is to do the Monday Night Raw review. But, like, this Roman Reigns thing is just so so extreme. It's like, I can't stop talking about this, you know, because it's just, it's insane. It's like the fans are, like, ruining the show. You know, uh, you know, for another example, backlash when they all started walking out just because Roman Reigns won the match. Like, what, what did they all go home and start crying or something? I mean, like, seriously, like, he won the match. So what? I mean, yeah, I mean, I love Samoa Joe, too. I wanted Samoa, Samoa Joe to win as well. But, you know, what I'm saying I'm not going to throw a fit about it and just, you know, storm out of the arena and, you know, and just go berserk about it. So what? He won the match. Get over it. Anyway, um, so now, uh. Let's pick up. I mean, this 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 is just insanity, man. This is insanity. Um, anyway, let's get let's get back to the subject matter here. All right, so we got to um, the Roman Reigns thing. So then there was a backstage segment where um, you know Jinder Mahal was backstage, I believe, and he had ran into like Roman Reigns was heading backstage, and Roman Reigns pretty much ran into Jinder Mahal and uh, that Singh brother. I forget his name. It's Samil or. Sahir or something like that. It's one of the Singh brothers. You get my drift. All right, so um, 
Jinder Mahal pretty much tossed the Singh brother guy into Roman Reigns as a distraction, and Jinder just pretty much went for an attack right there. And um, then Roman Reigns, you know, he gained the upper hand and just pretty much beat the crap out of Jinder Mahal backstage. And um, let me see what happened after that. Uh, well, the brawl pretty much uh, stormed out, you know, it pretty much ended up in the arena um, on the stage area. And then a bunch of officials came out there to break it all up. So that's pretty much the whole rundown of what happened right there. All right, so um, then we get off to match number one, which consisted of Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Um, that match was incredible. It was great. You know, the chemistry was great. Um, it's what you would expect from a Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens match if you're a fan of both. Um, of course, Seth Rollins comes into the match as the face and Owens comes in as, as the heel. Um, very good match to say the very least um, they had really good chemistry in there it was excellent it was great I love the moves everything was great you know like I believe like that's the way a wrestling match should look so um, I'm not saying every match should just be a replica of the of that I'm just saying like they put on a very good show and I feel like you know not every wrestler on the roster puts forth that much effort to make a match look good but those two, they pulled it off. It was excellent. I very, very thoroughly enjoyed that match. It was incredible. So props to both wrestlers, you know, for their efforts in that match. It was very, very enjoyable. All right, so then after that match, we had a backstage segment, which consisted of Bo Dallas and uh, Curtis Axel, and they approached Kurt Angle. Um, honestly, I can't even remember why, nor do I care, because I don't feel like they're doing anything with those two anyway. Um, I don't know. It's like you have the son of IRS, which is um, Bo Dallas, and you have the son of the legendary Kurt Hennig, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. And for some reason, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they just can't find their way. Uh, maybe they're just not being booked properly. I don't know what it is. Um, it just seems like none of them seems to meet the standards of what their fathers did. Um, I was honestly never really a big IRS fan. Uh, as far as Mr. Perfect goes, I was a huge Mr. Perfect fan. Mr. Perfect was incredible. He was one of the best wrestlers who ever lived. And honestly, I feel like he should have been more successful in WWF when he was there, when he had his run. Like, he was he was a great wrestler. I heard he, he was also one of those uh, perfectionists, kind of like, um, I don't know, maybe, I think he was one of those perfectionists, uh, you know what I'm saying, I'm not guaranteeing this, but I, I think he was one of those guys that put in the effort to make a match look really good, like Macho Man did, just like uh, Rick Rude did, like they're known to be perfectionists, they love for the match to be perfect, they want everything to just be perfect, you know, and I don't know, so I guess they didn't call him Mr. Perfect for nothing, because he was very, very good at what he did, I very thoroughly enjoyed him back when I was growing up, I, you know, it's been a pleasure watching his matches, and his promos and his segments and his video packages and everything. Everything that Mr. Perfect contributed to the wrestling business I thoroughly enjoyed and appreciated. So um, with that being said, his son is just not living up to the standards. Like he literally couldn't lace his father's boots. So um, I don't know what they're doing with those two. You know, I don't even know why they're still there, to be completely honest, because they're not doing anything with them. They're not getting anywhere. They're not doing anything. So I don't know. I don't really understand the point. And then we had another backstage segment, which consisted of No Way Jose and pretty much his whole conga line, his little Adam Rose group. This is pretty much like, you know, a lot of people are seeing this as well. This is pretty much a rerun of, 
you know, the whole Adam Rose gimmick. It's the, it's a rerun. That's all it really is. Because you got this guy coming out here to the ring with a whole crew of dancers. And, you know, it's like, come on. We've seen this before. This is nothing new. Um, why was No Way Jose called up to the main roster? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going through Vince McMahon's mind, but it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for the most point, and I believe, for the most part, and I believe that a lot of fans will agree with me on that, because, like, Vince McMahon has really, really lost touch without a shadow of a doubt, and honestly, he should not have as much control as he does. I mean, it's his company. He should, but at the same time, like, he's just, he's, he's falling off. He's falling off really bad to the point to where he can't even really decide how to run his rosters, you know, um, and, I, and I still I still don't like the concept of, you know, the brands being split up. Like, I really, I really, really miss the concept of just every wrestler being on Raw and SmackDown, you know, like, I, I believe that was good because this draft thing, it just limits match potential, you know, it just makes it so certain matches can never take place. For example, one that I've been wanting to see ever since AJ Styles got there was AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins, and that's a match that I'm never going to see, at least until they find some way to get those two on the same roster or they do some kind of crossover pay-per-view where it can happen because like I still wonder to this day will the match ever happen am I ever going to see it or is one of them going to you know get a career threatening injury and just never be able to wrestle again and then the match never happens you know like that's why you know WWE they need to stop taking these wrestlers for granted you know like I really really want to see that match happened because you never know what's going to happen. Like anything can happen in the pro wrestling business. You know, anything, you know, any kind of injury, you know, your next injury could be the one that ends your career, you know, and that's, that's awful. It's awful to think of it that way, but it's true, you know, because you never know. And it's just, it's, it's a shame, you know, we still haven't seen Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles yet. And, And I really believe, you know, a match of that caliber should be like a WrestleMania main event because there's so much potential there. Like, I see those two doing, like, a match of the decade kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like the chemistry that they could possibly have in that ring could just be magic. You know, it could be the greatest match we've ever seen. But, unfortunately, we still haven't seen it. We still haven't seen that one-on-one. The closest we ever gotten to that, I believe it was, like, a tag match or something of that nature. It was back when, um, when, 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 when was this match? Um... I believe it was the same year that AJ Styles arrived in WWE, and um, it, I don't know, who was it? Was it Seth Rollins? I think it was like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles and Chris Jericho, if I'm not mistaken. It was something of that nature, but it was on, it was on a house show, so it wasn't on Raw or SmackDown. It was a house show, and um, I think that, yeah, that's pretty much as close as we, close as we gotten to the AJ Styles-Seth Rollins match, but, you know, I'm talking about a one-on-one, like a one-on-one match on Raw or SmackDown or a pay-per-view. Honestly, I believe it should be reserved for a pay-per-view because I can see a match like that just being fire, like, honestly, like the best match of the year, maybe the best of the decade. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows until we see it? So I, I really hope we do see it. I mean, yeah, I'm spinning off a little too far here, but I'm just saying. Anyway. Let's get to the point again. Um, we had match number two, which consisted of No Way Jose versus Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode in a triple threat match. Um, I can't even remember how this became a three-way. Um, I believe it was, I believe this was just one another one of WWE's random bookings because they don't really build any stories to anything anymore. Um, at least you know nowhere near the level that they used to. So, with that being said, um, that match was actually surprisingly good. 
to say the very least. It was not a bad match. You know, they had surprisingly good chemistry. And at the end, Bobby Roode goes over. Um, he goes over No Way Jose, and he, he pretty much reversed him. He, I think he reversed his finish. And uh, Roode hits him with the Roode DDT, or the, uh, what do they call it? The Glorious DDT. That's what it is. So uh, Bobby Roode went over in that match over No Way Jose. Very good for Bobby Roode. But at the same time, it also makes me question, what are they doing with Bobby Roode? Because um, somebody had a great comment the other day in the wrestling forum. Um, he said it, it was on the comment, it was on the uh, the article about James Storm giving Bobby Roode advice. And uh, somebody had mentioned, well, I thought it was about um, James Storm telling him, uh, what was it? James Storm telling him, stop being a catchphrase and do something exciting. It was something of that nature, but it made sense. Because, like, honestly, when you think about it, what are they doing with Bobby Roode ever since they took that U.S. title off of him? You know, they're not really doing anything with him at this point besides putting him in mid-card matches. And, you know, to be honest, it kind of makes you think, do they really even have any big plans for Bobby Roode? Do they have any big plans, you know, in the future for him? Like, what are they going to do with this guy? Are they going to push him? Or are they going to keep him in the mid-card? Or are they just going to use him to put over younger talent? Because, let's face the fact, I mean, Bobby Roode is at least... If he's not 40 by now, he's pretty close to it. So it's fair to say that he doesn't have very many years left in the business because you'd have to assume that. I mean, it would make sense to assume that. I mean, it's not guaranteeing anything because who knows? I mean, 10 years from now, he could still be wrestling for all we know. But maybe not. Maybe five years, you know, is his limit. You know, maybe in five years he won't be wrestling anymore. You know, I just hope that they utilize him correctly while he's in the WWE because he's been there for quite a while now. I mean, it's just they just they put him in NXT and kept him over there for so long when I really feel like he should have been, you know, he should have been straight on the main roster as far as I'm concerned. I don't think he should have been held back, you know. And the same could be said for, like, um, who else was it? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe should have been, he should have been, straight to the main roster like AJ Styles you know they shouldn't have wasted any time with these guys because they're getting older now you know and the older you get in wrestling you know the more that window of opportunity starts to close you know it closes a bit quicker when you get older so um anyway just throwing that out there then we had another backstage segment after match number two that triple threat match that I just discussed um it was a Kurt Angle and Owens, uh, pretty much Owens approached Kurt Angle backstage, and he was begging for a rematch against Seth Rollins, and he threatened to call Stephanie McMahon, and yada, yada, yada. Um, Kurt Angle approached Jinder Mahal in the medical room, I think within the same segment. Um, I don't know. And Jinder Mahal, I guess he was said he was still up for a match or something. I don't know. I can't remember everything that happened in the show because honestly a lot of things that happened on uh, Raw and SmackDown aren't really that memorable in the first place because when you think about it, um, I think the fans are also getting tired of WWE at this point because the viewership is really dropping. Um, what was it? The viewership of Monday Night Raw, that was like, what, 2.7 million? You know, which is very low for Monday Night Raw because on average, Monday Night Raw usually draws three million plus so that's telling you that's telling you that's a problem and the week before that raw drew 2.6 million which was even less so it's like you know the viewership is going down the toilet you know what i'm saying it's like the fans are getting sick of it they're walking out of matches i mean walking out of shows and just they're expressing their anger i mean of course i mean i would too because you know honestly ever since this whole post wrestlemania thing like 
you would think that things would get more exciting after that, but they actually did this whole shake-up thing, and, like, pretty much after that, um, I feel like the quality of the shows have really went downhill. Like, I don't I don't feel satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I watch Raw, SmackDown, I don't really remember much from it the next day. It's like, what happened? I don't know. You know, this, that's why I have to take notes on these shows before I actually discuss them, because if I tried to do this, like, straight off the top of my head, I wouldn't even know what to talk about because I wouldn't remember a single thing that happened. You know, they don't do anything that's really that memorable anymore. And it's a shame, you know, because it, it, could, it could be better than what it is, but they're just not trying to make it any better because Vince McMahon doesn't care. He doesn't care about the fans. You, you know, if you don't like Roman Reigns, who cares? If you don't like the way we're booking matches, who cares? If you don't like the fact that we're, you know, not even putting effort into doing storylines anymore, who cares? We're going to do it our way, and that's it. You're going to like it or hate it. But you know what? You know what will really teach the WWE a lesson is if those loyal 2 million-plus or 3 million-plus fans just stopped watching. Like, what if their viewership tanked? Like, what if, what if it went so far downhill to where it was like TNA numbers? Like, what if WWE Raw just started drawing 200,000, 300,000 a week? I bet they would learn a lesson then. I bet they would start to listen then, because then once they realize that they're losing, that they've lost their fan base, they would do everything in their power to get them back. They would literally be begging fans to come back. They probably even start giving away free tickets just so people, just so somebody could be in the crowd on their televised shows. You know, I mean, when when do they reach a point when it, when they wake up and realize that they have to make changes in order for the shows to be better, in order for the quality to be better? You know, I mean, people say that uh, Brock Lesnar is such a big draw, but I don't see it. You know, even if he was there, I don't think the viewership would have been any different. It wouldn't have been any higher. If anything, it probably would have been lower because people are sick of him too. You know, like he, he doesn't do anything. He just shows up when he feels like it, holds the belt forever, and doesn't have to defend it until he feels like it. It's just ridiculous. You know, people are sick of it. This whole AJ Nakamura thing, that's not getting over either because I guaranteed when the viewership numbers come up for SmackDown today, you're not going to see anything good. I guarantee it's going to be lower than it was before or, or just as low as it was, the you know, the following week or, or not the following week, but the, but the previous week. I bet you the view, like when those viewership numbers come in today, it's not going to be pretty, you know. But anyway, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, these, these shows are getting ridiculous. You know, it's getting to the point where, you know, the fans are fully, fully justified in complaining because, you know, we're just not getting quality shows here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted, I wanted to put this out here because, like, WWE is really, really getting at a low point again where, where they're just getting, they're getting, like, almost intolerable, you know? But the only reason I still put up with it is because I've invested in so many favorites at this point. Like, I just, you know, I can't just give up on them, you know? I mean, I feel bad for the wrestlers. I feel bad for the way that they're being booked. I really wish that they would book them better. I really wish they would stop this brand split nonsense and just, you know, put everybody on the same shows again, you know, so we can have match variety, you know, so we can't be just limited to having so many matches and then we just end up with a bunch of repeat matches. This is stupid. It's a really a dumb cycle. And this is why we've seen Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens like a hundred times. This is why we've seen Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz a hundred times. This is why we've seen AJ Styles and Nakamura a hundred times because they're limited they're limited to those shows. They can't get different opponents. And the way the booking is going is just insane. Because Nakamura just gets 150 chances to, to wrestle AJ Styles for some reason. I don't get it. I don't know. 
<laughs> it's, like I said, it's getting to a point where I'm sick of it. But uh, anyway, moving along, I don't want to do too much complaining here, but I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm getting my word out because I'm sure a lot of other people would agree with me on this. It's just getting ridiculous. But anyway, uh, let's move along. So we had match number three, which consisted of Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel versus Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Jobber heaven right there. Um, who won this match? Pretty much uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Um, they pulled off a double team. What was it? A double team suplex? Like a double team back suplex and somehow won the match. Um, who cares? Match four. Sasha versus, um, hold on, it was Sasha Banks and Natalia and Ember Moon versus the Riot Squad, which consisted of Ruby Riot, who's a very good wrestler, by the way, Sarah Logan, and what's that other girl's name? Liv Morgan. Okay. And then we had a backstage segment. Um, I can't even remember who won the uh, woman's match, to be completely honest with you. I, I really can't remember because, I don't know, things just get really, really boring and just really not that interesting with wrestling with well with WWE anyway um backstage segment Drew McIntyre or Drew Galloway as I call him and Dolph Ziggler uh they had a promo match five was after that Dash and Dawson versus Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt so um I don't really see anything special in Dash and Dawson to be completely honest I believe that they're overrated as well they have a really boring style um they don't do a lot of wrestling moves um, they do the they do the very basics, you know, and they they're supposed to be like the horsemen, but they're not. Um, they're supposed to like work on one body part and tag out and keep working on it and so forth. But like I said, that style doesn't really work these days because they're not getting over with it. And I believe the proof is in the pudding, as I say that. Um, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt won with the double team Sister Abigail thing they do. Um, I can't remember who they pinned, but does it really matter? So then we had a uh, promo. I believe this was um, an in-ring promo. Yeah, it was an in-ring promo um, where Sami Zayn cut a promo on Bobby Lashley, and he pretty much vows to invite Bobby Lashley's sisters there to embarrass him or something like that. Who cares? Match six. Bailey versus Lexa Bliss versus Mickey James, triple threat match. Um, pretty much, uh, Alexa Bliss wins. She goes over in that match. Um, Bailey had to eat the pin, of course, because she's the resident jobber in the women's division. So, unfortunately, I mean, because she was really, really good in NXT. Um, that's one thing I can say. It's unfortunate that she doesn't get you know, any more opportunities to be at the top. Um, it's unfortunate that the crowd doesn't seem to care about her anymore. I don't know why. Um, that's that's another issue. So, um, moving along. We had another backstage segment, which consisted of Roman Reigns um, spearing Jinder Mahal through a wall. So we had another backstage segment with Roman Reigns and Jinder... So, um, I guess they're trying to push this thing. I don't know. I don't know if people really care about that. I mean, I don't know if... I can't really see that being an, being an interesting match. I don't know how their chemistry is going to look, but... I don't know. I'll, I'll give it a shot before I judge it. Best thing I can do. Match 7. 
We had Baller and Strowman, which is a very weird team, by the way, and there's no explanation as to why they suddenly decided to team up. But, hey, it's WWE. Let's just throw these two guys together and put them in a match. Who cares? Versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre slash Drew Galloway, as I call him, again. Um, I can't even remember who won that match, to be completely honest with you. Um, but uh, you guys, I'm pretty sure you guys do, so you guys can, can discuss that. Um, had another backstage segment. The whole Nia Jax challenging Ronda Rousey at the red carpet thing or whatever. I can't remember where that was from, but at this point I really don't care because I already know that they're going to put the belt on Ronda Rousey. There's no doubt about that. There's no question in my mind. It's going to happen. I mean, unless uh, Nia Jax turns heel or something of that nature and she finds a dirty way to win the match, she's not winning that. You know what I'm saying? They're going to put that belt straight on Ronda Rousey without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, when people complain about, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it if I'm wrong. If I end up being wrong, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll, I'll say I was surprised. But anyway, I, I just don't see it happening that way. I believe they're going to put that belt straight on Ronda Rousey. And like I was about to say, like people swear that TNA put belts on people so fast or, or Impact Wrestling as they're known as now. Uh, they, they like to say that, like when somebody new comes there or somebody that's former WWE comes there, they're like, watch, they're going to put the belt straight on him as soon as he gets there, and, or they're going to put the belt on him the same night he arrives or the, or the next time or the next week. And it's like, yeah, but look at what WWE is about to do. They're about to put that belt straight on Ronda Rousey without a shadow of a doubt. Watch, they're going to do it. Mark my words, they're going to do it. I'm telling you. All right, anyway, match number eight. This was the main event. It was another Money in the Bank qualifying match, which consisted of Elias Sampson versus Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley. So somehow, uh, I guess, Owens convinced Kurt Angle to put him in another match. Um, so pretty much Elias and Owens start the match. They started out by double-teaming Lashley, who, by the way, gets no kind of crowd pop these days. Um... Then eventually, you know, Owens and Elias turn on each other. They start going at it. Um, strangely enough, well, not strangely enough, um, Owens goes over in the match after he beats Elias. He pins Elias after the frog splash. So he beat Elias with a frog splash. And that's a move that Owens doesn't really, he doesn't use that move to really put people away, you know, which was kind of odd to say the very least. Um, but anyway, that's pretty much all I got to say about Monday Night Raw. You know, it wasn't really anything special. I mean, it, you know, they had a couple moments where it was nice. Uh, the first match was the very best match. Rollins versus Owens, of course. It was great. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah, like I said, they had a couple moments. I can't say it was the worst show. Um, if I had to rate it on a five-star scale, you know, one being the worst, five being the best, I would give that show a three out of five for the effort. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, I would give it a, let's say a strong 6. A good 6. You know, 6 out of 10 for the effort. Wasn't awful. Could have been worse. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier on in the show. There's one more thing I need to mention, just in case I didn't mention it earlier. Um, one thing. All right, they were in the UK, right? They were in England. London, England at the O2 Arena. And one thing I noticed pretty early on was that the turn posts were back to normal. They didn't have those LED 
those gigantic LED turn turn uh, not turn posts uh, ring posts yeah the ring posts um, those are back to normal and the outside barricade was black again it was the shiny black barricade you know in front of the audience you know just you know something else to mention um, I, I believe that's due to the fact you know that, that they can't get the WWE trucks over there you know and that does make sense so because I guess they have like a location over there in England where they keep their stuff all their supplies they, they, you know I'm pretty sure they have trucks over there too but they have they have the older stuff there because they don't always go to UK so I'm pretty sure that explains why the turn why the ring posts were back to normal and the barricade was black again like it used to be the classic look but um, anyway, just had to throw that out there. But anyway, this is the end of the show. Um, this is all I have to say about Monday Night Raw. It was nothing special. It was, it was, it was, it was okay. It was okay. I'll give it that. Um, I already said how I rated it. Uh, you guys might agree or disagree. Feel free to say so in the comments. You know, um, tell me what you think about the show. Um, I believe it was, like I said, it was okay. Anyway. Um, Please support the show. Uh, go to my website at kaxiswrestlingnetwork.com. Feel free to donate to the show. Um, also, you can donate to the show by not only money, but also by supporting the show by following on social media, which includes Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, whichever one you choose. You know, support the show. Follow me. Um, Anything else you can to support the show. You get my drift. Okay, but I am your host, K-Axis, and I am signing off. I will see you guys next time on K-Axis Wrestling Network. You guys have a great day. Enjoy yourselves, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. Have a good one, folks.